Hello, hello. Welcome back to Get to Nora World of Warships Clan, a short podcast hosted by Bogsy and Syntax, produced by TNG, the new guys. I, of course, am Bogsy, joined once again and always by Syntax. Hello, Syntax. How are you doing? Good, man. So I, uh, you know, I, I enjoy popping into your stream uh, now and again. And I saw today you were running around with some German CVs. Yes. Um, what's your, give us your impression of them so far. Oh, good lord! So um, I just went ahead and I whaled some some German CVs this morning. I ended up with the tier four and the tier eight uh, after buying some containers. I was pretty excited about it, and I'm going to just throw it out there that I'm not a CV main. Um, I'm not incompetent by any means, and I found them extraordinarily difficult. They have a very high skill cap, and I believe that they're. Um, I, I want to say that they have a high skill cap, but also a high skill ceiling. But I don't really feel comfortable saying that. Um, I'm finding the AP rockets to be extraordinarily situational, as I feared they would be. Um, you know, even even against those cruisers that you think, oh, well, this is your bread and butter. This is exactly what you're be able to supposed to be able to citadel. It's really not that easy, and uh, I, I don't see what they they do better than say. You know, just regular HE rockets on anything. Um, the the dive bombers are difficult. They seem to have sort of a misleading reading uh, circle. Um, the, the the best thing they have about them is their torpedo bombers and their secondaries. Um, they also seem to have a pretty high uh, number of of planes. I like that, but man, it was <laughs> it was frustrating. <laughs> so there you have it. Now, what other, I guess you're running around the Tier 8 to some extent, what other Tier 8 CVs did you have or have you played that you find, uh, compare, you know, favorably uh, to well, the Germans? I, yeah, I don't have the Enterprise. I would assume that would be the closest, the Enterprise and the uh, uh, Shikaku, because they all have AP dive bombers. But the Shikaku feels, I don't mean this to be like a cultural thing, but like the Shikaku really does feel like a sword. It feels like a samurai sword. It just it slices hard and fast and feels a little bit um, it feels a little like a bit like a glass cannon at times. But man, those dive bombers are reliable and they hit hard. And, um, you know, the the rocket planes from Shikaku, they they're still reliable. They don't they're not quite as extreme as like the, the Midway or some of the uh, tiny Tim rockets from the Americans, but they're reliable. Germans just are not reliable. So um it took me it took me a number of games to really get used to it, and I still don't know that I really I, I am. Uh, have you gotten a chance to try them yourself? Uh, no, I actually whaled uh, some containers myself, and I got the missions for all three. Um, I've had uh, once the rework was announced, I was trying to you know in advance of the rework, I was trying to figure out how uh, how to play the RTS CVs, and once they announced that RTS was going away, I kind of ignored. CVs, and when the rework was done, I had other stuff going on, so I didn't really have another chance to get into CVs until this last rank sprint, and I just decided that I was gonna ride or die with Enterprise because I had on two different accounts, and uh, my first journey uh, up the rank sprint ladder took 44 battles. The other account, though, it took 24, and I was really getting the hang of it. So I've, I've kind of fell in love with that particular CV, and uh, I am keen to try these new Germans because I just just from playing that CV a lot, you know, obviously it's a little bit overpowered, um, but uh, I kind of I kind of would be approaching the German CVs with new eyes. So maybe I'll give you a report back on my take on them. 
I do have the Graf Zeppelin. I've not played it a lot, um, but I, it's it's not one that I, I really, you know, we've got an Enterprise on your account, and you want to play see that's what you I've been grabbing rather than you know Kaga or uh, any of the uh, you know other options available to me. Um, but I, I, I kind of wonder um, if we're going to see that tier six version, which you did not get in uh, Clan Battles this season. Um, because it does have certain strengths, very fast planes, um, and, uh, you know, an un unusual armament that you really can't find on any other CV right now. So, yeah, it's kind I of will say also the dive bombers, they, they're unusual in the sense that they, they fly very high and they, you don't like get a running start. You sort of have to get essentially over the target from the very get go. And then they just dive straight down on top. It's unusual. Uh, I don't know if it's better or not, but it uh, once you're on target, they're actually pretty. It's pretty easy to stay on target once you're actually over them and diving. It's just the bombs don't seem to fall inside the reticle. They really do feel like they fall outside the reticle. Yeah, so. you know, um, I think uh, either within our own house or maybe elsewhere, um, we might, uh, you know, since neither of us are CV experts, perhaps have somebody come on who did whale them up to tier eight or maybe higher. To just sort of talk about what they, how they were able to make those ships work, in case any of our listeners are like, uh, you know, they're trying to figure it out, and maybe we can give them a, a step up by having a, a true CV expert come on and talk to us. So maybe in a, a subsequent episode, maybe sometime next week, we'll, uh, we'll see if we can get somebody on to talk about the nuances yeah. of this new line. Speaking of uh, CV experts, if only we had one. Hmm. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. You like my wonky? You like my wonky sidestep into? Uh into our guests oh yeah why don't you introduce them i guess the... sure yeah go ahead uh, you'll have to forgive me by the way to everyone who's who's listening and everyone who's in this room talking with me um i did not sleep last night i just i, I made a, a choice i didn't sleep to get something done and uh i'm a little I'm a little out of sorts so if i'm more idiotic than usual you all just have to forgive me um but uh our guest today i'm excited for we, we got a little something special um, we've got some folks who are here specifically to talk about data mining and to talk about programs. Uh, and it's a little unusual for us, but we sort of like getting into the esoteric specific stuff. So uh, please help me in welcoming uh, Trackpad from Peds, also known as Just Dodge. He's uh, maybe he'll weigh in on CVs for us while he's here. We also have Hangar18, who's going to talk to us uh, a little bit about his program and the information he collects. And then 90, also known as 901234, is going to talk about the WoW's ballistic site. So, um, gentlemen, uh, let's 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 get started. I guess, uh, Sinpax, you want to start with some questions? Uh, sure. Um, so, data mining. Um, my understanding is that this is something where you basically have the game files that we're gaming puts on all of our computers to play this game. But rather than interacting with them, you know, just by hitting the play and the battle button, uh, you actually break them down, look at them um, in, uh, you know, using other tools outside of, uh, you know, just the straightforward game interface. And from this, you're able to extract additional information that uh, can, you know, help players um, with all kinds of stuff. And I've seen, um, you know, each of our guests have their own uh, data mining related projects here. Um, we're going to sort of talk to each of them about um, their process, what their product is, and how it might be helpful. Um, so I, I do want to touch on um, 
the subject, you know, what data mining is in general, maybe tr from an expert trackpad, why don't you tell us what data mining, what does it mean to you? Well, data mining is really just, um, it's easier than most people would think because um, Wargaming has actually released a tool to aid in uh, extracting files from uh, the game itself. It's called the WoWs Unpacker tool. It's available readily. You can look it up on Google and it's updated frequently. So in that way, um, Wargaming actually supports um, data mining, so to speak, because um, to a certain degree, even modding depends upon it. And so um, to me, really data mining has helped me increase my understanding of the game and it has given me a hobby um, to do because as I finished my high school programming course, of course, I came out of it very bored. Um, I was creating uh, these template projects that everybody had done before. So I really wanted to get hands-on experience doing something that was my hobby, right? Which at the time was World of Warships. Um, so World of Warships is your first quote-unquote data mining project. Is that correct? Or did you have a background in it elsewhere before you discovered uh discovered the uh, unpacking tool. Uh, hello? Oh, looks like we lost him. Trackpad, are you there? Oh, he's going to reconnect. Um, that's okay. I can I can also just cut this dead air out real quick uh, at the end. <laughs> he's going to reconnect real quick. Okay, no problem. I cut the uh, I cut some dead air out over the the horn from the last episode. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it worked out by the way. Uh, let me go find him. I think he's there. He is. I'll, I'll be dragging. Okay. There he is. <laughs> Unfortunate. Sorry, that's okay. I couldn't hear anybody anymore. I think Discord's dying. That's okay. We can um. You you can just literally start answering his question, and I'll um I'll edit it so that it doesn't seem like anything happened. All right, where did I cut off? Oh, we didn't hear y'all, so I'll, we'll just. Oh uh, no. I'll, the question is, I'll just restate it. And how did is this your first data mining project, or did you work on anything related to this uh, prior? Uh yeah, it is my first data mining project, and I really started with the intent, you know, making a Discord bot because a standalone application or a website, um, it has a lot of, you know, more graphical uh, components to it. Um, making it look nice is something that I didn't really want to deal with. So uh, Discord bot really does provide um, easy accessibility and it's mostly text-based. So I don't have to worry about how pretty it might have to be. Right. So, um... With that that introduction, I want to talk to we're going to talk to each of these gentlemen um, in sequence about their creations and and uh, how our listeners can make use of it. So I want to start with Trackpad. You've built the as you said a bot. Now I've seen this bot do a number of different things, which is quite amazing because you know some of us have seen like different. I think one's called Bismarck Bot, which pulls stats or. Uh, uh, clan lineups or data like this, but I've never quite seen a bot that could do this. Now, among the things it can do is pull the um, pull out maple syrup data on terms of ship performance historically, which is really cool to see. You know, I think win rate and average damage on different ships over time um, and on different servers. Um, it has little games built in that lets you you know guess the um, guess the outline or profile of a ship. 
But one of the most amazing things I've seen about this is basically you, you can drop a replay file into the spot and it will take that replay file and make basically a minimap replay at you know, like 20x or 10x speed. So you can drop in a clan battle or a rank battle or a random battle and basically see uh, the uh, see the uh, minimap version of it in, in high speed. So you can see basically what happened um, and it sort of creates this miniature video. And that is absolutely amazing. How hard was that to create? Um, well, I started off really not knowing that much, but, um, and the thing with replays is that they're heavily encrypted. You know, you can't just open it up with a text editor and, um, see what's going on. So, um, I do remember I was working with someone called Not Your Father, and he went to the replays WoW's, um, website, and he noticed, right, um, there was a code snippet. It linked to a GitHub project, and... There we found this um, project the guy who owns replaceWiles.com had been using to, you know, extract data from replays. Of course, he hadn't really um, done that much uh, to sort of do work with um, interacting with the replay in, in, in terms of like playing it through, right? He kind of just, he got the ribbons and stuff out of it because that's all you really needed on that website. And so we tried messing around with that. And um, I think first we did some heat map stuff and uh, he, put, he put those up on Reddit and you can find them. I think they're also used in a video of sorts. Um, but we also wanted to create the minimap replay and a few things were definitely missing at the time. Now the person who had created the tool um, to sort of find all this stuff in replays hadn't, you know, gotten the whole story yet. He'd gotten re uh, sort of the positions uh, for players when they're spotted, right? But he hadn't gotten the positions where, you know, the player's unspotted, but you can still see their position. So this happens usually in Cyclones, right? Where uh, somebody's spotted out of your render range. And so eventually we did find that and after connecting a few more pieces, you know, finding out where caps are, finding out where um, plane positions are, we've been working on that and it's almost done uh, to be released publicly. So we're really excited to release that. So I have looked at the replay files and um, the files themselves are relatively small. So let me ask, when you, you load a replay just to view it within the game, is all the data there, or is it going to pull the Wargaming server for something additional? All the data is there, and um, it is small because really replays work as sort of this container of packets, right? Um, and packets are are sent between your computer and Wargaming servers. They're like communications, right? And of course, the bigger these packets are, the more descriptive they are, uh, the worse performance it is going to be for people without a great internet. So they have designed these packets to be very small, right? Only t describing just enough that you can create the game accurately. Sure. Um, and so how do you get from there? I mean, there must be all kinds of pieces here because to create a, to create a video file, period, it's got to require you know, different libraries of tools and... Um, so, like, the minimap, 
what's the what's the sample like what is the sample rate that you use you know how often are you polling what the minimap looks like to create that video and we'll, you know just how just break it down a little bit more exactly what goes on in in the creation of that minimap video well um i do run through the entire replay there isn't really any way to kind of set a sampling rate to go through these um packets okay that makes sense so basically you it's basically you've, you're taking the you're not are you rendering the entire video of the entire game so if we wanted we could see not just the mini map but basically the entire game re-rendered like in a, a video format but you're just cropping it down to the tiny corner of the screen with the mini map or are you just somehow rendering only the mini map doing is i'm going through all the packets um and for the ones that are interesting to me, which are like position related ones uh, and the caps, of course, uh, I'll, I'll take note of that. And then I, after I'm done iterating through the entire replay, I'll go back and that's where I have my sampling rate. You know, the first read through doesn't have a sampling rate because different computers uh, and different Wi-Fi, you know, internet is going to have a different um, sort of bandwidth. And so after I'm done running through it once, that's when I'll start um, creating all the frames. Uh, and so I have on my plot right uh, all the necessary files. And that's like the mini map. Uh, the mini map right. is divided into the islands and the water. So I'll create sort of the base canvas and I'll start drawing the ships each frame. And at the moment, I think I'm doing around half a second. I might uh, make that more often because the thing is planes are quick. Mm -hmm. so if my sampling rate isn't good enough, then it's going to look too choppy. But but to be clear, though, you're describing this on sort of a each replay basis. But in truth, you're not. It's your uh, the algorithm you've got, the the program you've got that actually just does all of all of what you described and completely independent of any human touching. You basically drag and drop a replay on the bot, and about 30 seconds later, you've got this wonderful video, which um, you know we're gonna in the plugs down below they'll get a link to maybe invite the bot um now that is there another are there any features of spot i know there are many um that, that you also want to uh, highlight that make it unique well the first thing i really thought about when i came into world of warships was i was trying to look for something niche right something useful uh when i first started making the bot and for me that was build shin right in a lot of different games um people will try to find optimal builds. And usually there's a website to share this and that doesn't really exist with, with World of Warships. Of course, you can find this information on you know, maybe YouTube videos, maybe guides, but they're really outdated quickly and there's never really a centralized location. So I thought that you know Discord being uh, how popular it was that I could make a bot and people could share their builds with each other and that would really help out new players who are, you know, looking for that kind of information, right? How, how do I want to build my ship? So, yeah, in, in our clan, we used to certify builds um, for clan battles, and people would basically claim that they had built it according to what was written in a Word document. We give them a little permission or something, you know, I, I think we gave them roles on Discord. This was many, many seasons ago. Um, but uh, it seems like this sort of simplifies the process of looking up what those builds are supposed to be. Does that include captain uh, skills as well as ship modules or what? So, um, I haven't really found an easy way to do ship modules yet because they just change across ships, right? 
Right. And sometimes you want to create a build that's not for a ship, right? And you want to create, uh, say, general BB uh, tank build, right? And of course, that's not actually linked to any ship in particular. So it's hard to uh, sort of put the checks on it, right? Because every sh uh, ship has the same checks for the skills. And that's like, you can't take a tier four skill for a tier one, can't be over 19, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So instead, I uh, I have just thought, um, you know, and my clan has figured this out as well. We're going to just put modules in the description. And I have a free form uh, description where you can put the details to a build. Um what uh, if if somebody wants to invite this bot to their discord uh you don't you're basically is this open to all or is this just for your clan or who is it available to the moment it's available for everybody um there are no restrictions on it of course you just need to give it its necessary permissions uh some are not as intuitive as others but it'll tell you in the invite screen stuff like manage messages it actually needs that to clear reactions because removing each reaction one by one it it's not as efficient as just linking all of them. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, as uh, we have dabbled ourselves in very, very primitive bots relative to this on our Discord server, um, I I can't appreciate the amount of work. How long do you think? How many hours do you think you put into into building this bot? Um, well, I'm not like the best programmer out there. You know, I just have like high school experience. And even then, it wasn't in Python, which is what the bot's built on. So I taught myself that. And because, you know, I was learned, this was my first project, and I was getting into some pretty complicated stuff, um, I'd say I'd spent 200 hours on it, maybe in total, of course. Wow. Inefficient. Wow, <laughs> now, uh, oh, that's that's really impressive. I guess we'll ask you guys, I guess, some bigger picture questions after the break. But, um, on, you know, obviously the invite link for that bot will be in the description down below and I encourage, um, and if, if you, uh, have, do you have like a video where somebody could just sort of watch all the things the bot can do like a demo video? The moment I don't have such a thing, uh, prepared, but I am creating documentation for it. So okay. you should be able to scroll through it and see what it does. Cool. Um, so Very let's, cool. let's move to hangar. Now you do quite a bit of work with ballistics. Um, Tell us about your project. So it's kind of a collection of different mechanics to help people apply these hidden mechanics to the game and help them understand what is happening more. Uh, for instance, if we go to the shell information chart, we can kind of see why shells have the properties they do, why it has this fire chance or this amount of AP damage. We can use uh, the velocity reduction for, uh, formula to see where shells will land in a ship to kind of explain why you got overpens here and penetrations and citadels there. Um, just using all of these mechanics that are otherwise completely obscure to explain what's going on in the game, as well as just you know, give people information so that if they're just curious about something, they can you know use that information for their own little pet projects. So, so your um, project lives as a shared Google spreadsheet with many tabs covering torpedo reaction, uh, dispersion, uh, hit point formulas, uh, various shell information. Um, let me ask you, one of the issues that had, and, and this is sort of, you know, sometimes war games makes changes to the game, but doesn't actually uh, maybe quite list them 
and this is actually where data mining comes in handy because the, a lot of with updates, maybe it's a mistake, maybe it's something they didn't think was important. Something does get changed. And it's you guys in the data mining community that figure out, hey, this is different, and they didn't list it in the patch notes. Um, and we can add, we can talk about whether you know you guys have stumbled onto any good you know good examples of that after the break. But I want to ask you specifically. A while back, there was an issue with the way the uh, the static reticle would be would not be exactly accurate the further away you were shooting, presumably because of shell drag. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, actually. I don't. I knew that it creeped because uh, Little White Mouse, I know, had issues with that uh, during some of her testing when she was plotting dispersion. And Gin has a program that uh, also he noted that error. But I don't know why the creep is. That would be a question for him. I might be able to snag him real quick. Well, uh, yeah, if you could get Little White Mouse on this podcast, that would be fantastic. I meant uh, Gin. Gin is... Uh, closet genius uh so like uh he, he's done a dispersion mapping program as well and that was an error that he noted in his uh, final report he kind of tested uh different dispersion patterns to see if the dispersion patterns we see are actually just straight gaussian pattern versus something else and uh he actually came to some odd conclusions but um he did note that error with the cursor drifting well, did, but there was a few patches ago, Wargaming said they made some changes to how the reticle and aiming worked, but they were never very clear about what those changes were. I have, uh, to this day, I have no idea. And uh, Do you have any guesses in terms of what that change was? Oh, no. Uh, my area is purely just shell ballistics and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know what bug would have caused that. Bugsy, since you are already editing this, can you please cut this stupid question I just asked? Because I was just assuming. <laughs> you know what's so funny about that is I love I love the way Hanger I love your response to that because I sort of I sort of feel like you guys all of you are so over my head in terms of your understanding of the numbers and the mechanics, and then is it, I feel like you were just asked a question about like if you were to ask an engineer. Um, you know, all the specifics about like the tensile strength of a bridge and the capacity and the carrying capacity. And then someone were to be like, well, do you think people will enjoy driving over this bridge? And you're like, I, I, I have no idea how to answer that question. That's really not what I'm here for. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's just, I, I don't know. I try not to. It's, it's not my lane. I try to stay. Uh, yeah, where I yeah. Belong. But that's Gin, wonderful. Gin is absolutely a genius. He has like a an entire report. He did an entire project on World of Warships just based on dispersion mapping. So he might actually have an answer for that. Well, let's let me ask you a different question that probably a little more accessible. So we can cut in right here. Um, so in all <laughs> of this data on all of these ships um, that you've collected, is there anything? what do you think people would be most surprised about? Because we kind of just jump in the game, we hit the battle button, we aim, we go pew, pew, pew. And, you know, we, we have some general understanding of what overmatch is and how HE and IFHE work. Is there anything in here, maybe a detail about a particular ship that just sort of jumped out at you and really made you scratch your head? Uh, there is, there's a couple. Um, you hear people a lot, they'll be like, oh, I overpenned the Citadel. And at higher tiers, a tier 10, that's just really unlikely just based off shell velocity and fuse time um, you can just get the velocity at a certain range and then you can figure out exactly how far a shell will travel before detonating 
So generally that number is low enough that you're going to citadel just about any cruiser as long as you hit him in the belt. And that's, that's broadside like a Des Moines or something like that. Basically impossible to overpen a citadel. Technically you can go through the bulkhead and then exit out that way and then you'll get just a penetration. But uh, there's very few situations where you're not going to get a citadel. Which uh, goes to that particular ship, Smolensk, because everybody's hot topic about shells over-penetrating the Citadel. Uh, and it's kind of interesting because Atlanta is the same exact beam as Smolensk, but you don't really hear people complaining about Atlanta. Um, so my guess would be that um, it's mainly Yamato players that can see it, but there's like a 24 degrees uh, off of a perfect broadside that Yamato will have a dead zone on Smolensk where the shells will not arm in time or won't arm because there's not enough armor and you won't see citadels. But with every other ship, uh, it's it's very hard to not get a citadel. You know, a lot of times we'll shoot, and, oh, like that was perfect lambs. Probably didn't hit exactly where you thought you did. Um, it's oh. just, it's very unlikely just based on math. And like I said, Atlanta is the exact same beam. So if you're overpending Smolensk Citadel, then you're overpending Atlanta's Citadel. And I don't think too many people are willing to say that Atlanta is a tanky ship. Like I've seen people that are like convinced that Smolensk is purposefully built to make overpens happen. And just the exact same beam, you have Atlanta, and you know nobody's about to say that's tanky. Wow. Do you, so there, you know, I mean, this thing, this, if you're just sort of glancing at this game over somebody's shoulder while they're playing, it just seems like, oh, it's just a little arcade shooter. But the, the amount of math involved in just something as simple as, or as you know, as as simple as the ballistics, it's really quite complicated, isn't it? Like, all the arming thresholds and all the different parts of the ship that it can hit, and all the, you know, the the way the dispersion works. There's every time you press that fire button it's must be a tremendous amount of math going on uh, on the server side oh absolutely uh, i had to teach myself trig just to figure out where a shell will land in ship if you have the blueprints of a ship uh, the models in world of warships are scaled one to one so if you have the blueprints for say iowa which are everywhere because it's such a famous ship you could take those blueprints and then you can figure out exactly where a shell will land based on the uh, the blueprints you just kind of cross-reference. Yeah. Like, I, I can tell you if it'll wow. land in a different compartment or not. And this is just based on math. You just have to follow. There's, like, six steps every time a shell hits a layer of armor, and you just reapply every single time until it detonates or overpens. That is fascinating. That is fascinating. Um, so... I will now move on to our third guest. Can I uh, can I ask a question? Oh, to sorry, go ahead, Bogsy. That's okay. I just because um, uh, I'm gonna forget if I don't ask you now. Um, since you specifically have dealt with penetrations and um, uh, like uh, fuse thresholds and armor thresholds and whatnot, um, maybe for for those in our audience who are like me, who are a little uh, you know a little slow at this sort of stuff, um, I actually had an instance happen where I think I fired. I forget. It was a battleship of some kind, maybe even a maybe even a Stalingrad firing at a. Um, I think it was a Masashi, and I got two overpens for eleven thousand damage. 
uh, on this Masashi. Um, and forgive me if I get the actual ships wrong, because I know you might have specifics on this, but I found out that it had something to do with the mechanics of it overpens, then pens something, then overpens again, or some ridiculous nonsense like that. Just off the top of your head, do you know how that sort of thing happens? I am aware of a bug. I don't know if it's still in the game or not, where shells were double dipping with damage. That was right before the battleship AP change came to destroyers. There was a bug where um, AP shells were double dipping in damage. You could definitely get overpens with a Stalingrad. Like, it's still possible. Uh, I, If I recall correctly, it does have a different threshold than normal i want to say it's the same as 203 millimeter guns um so it's like 30 something but it's it's definitely possible Un unlikely for the most part but it's definitely possible to still get over pens or even if it goes into the ship maybe um if you put them into the bow maybe you can get them to go out the other side because um, that's thin enough that you can put shells through but right. it's hard to get over pens with stalingrad in general just because of the fuse time and threshold they really did uh, massage the soft stats of Stalingrad enough that you don't see too much wonkiness. Got it. Um, cool. Thank you for that clarification. Well, one one other weird question, I guess, for you, for those that have ever experienced it. And maybe you can explain it, because I only have a vague idea. Tell me, how does that one in a thousand times thing happen where a uh, Minotaur gets a Citadel on a Montana? You've, I know um, we've all seen it, but there's some... What? Is it one pixel that's I... just slightly off? So from what I've heard, uh, I'm completely unable to verify this, but apparently sometimes when ships turn, the model slightly breaks and then shells can get through that way. There's always been the issue of shells hitting funnels and then going straight down into the citadels. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, that's why <laughs> if you if you ever get a really weird citadel from like directly in front of a ship, like you hit a turret or something, it's a shell taking a weird path and going straight down into a citadel, but hitting the funnel and going down into the top of the citadel roof is uh, one that happens every now and again. Um, but it's, it's quite like, a shock yeah, when they're... you're just shoveling the those little tiny rounds into the side of a minotaur at like 10, 11 K and you see that one black ribbon pop up. So um, I, I also think that there's a dis display bug if i recall correctly there's a display bug sometimes where it'll say you have a citadel but if you look at the damage recorded you'll see that it just gave you damage for a normal pen oh. um, i've seen that a couple times but it's not really a huge deal i try to look for that whenever i see those posts because people post those to the subreddit every here and there so i try to look for that as much as i can okay yeah, adding on um Sometimes it is a display bug, but when it actually does happen, um, I've heard that it is just an issue with uh, tiny gaps in the hitboxes. They're not just designed perfectly, especially, you know, uh, the math involved when the ship is actually turning, it can maybe create a tiny gap. Mm -hmm. It's like Schrodinger's Citadel. If you, uh... <clears throat> yeah, I'll Sorry, that was my to, attempt to uh... throw a math joke in there. I'll give uh, credit to Kaga Kaini, the uh, wiki editor for that one. I uh, heard from him that the models kind of break a little bit in turns and stuff. Well, it it makes sense because I guess they have even the models have to have some level of aliasing when they're turning. It's not they're uh, they're blocky. Um, yeah, 
at least if if the data mines are to be believed and you look at the modules for these ships the citadels and stuff they're they're blocky they're not perfectly shaped as the visual model is uh, I don't know if that's correct or not, but at least in the data mines, the modules look very, very blocky. Yeah. The, uh, the actual armor plates do not, so I would assume that they are correct. Well, well, we can actually see the block. Am I mistaken, or can we not see the blockiness when we use the armor viewer in port? No, no. That that'll show you like a visual representation of where the citadel should be. If you look on game models 3D, for instance, mm -hmm. it'll show you the actual modules, and it's very blocky um and like uh, in game like obviously you can't see powder storage or anything like that um because that's modeled separately from the citadel but it's it's all very it's just like building blocks shoved inside the ship interesting fascinating so on that i want to uh, pivot to speak to 90 and you are the creator of the wow's ballistic calculator which is a really fancy website of generating all the different curves of uh penetration post penetration the angle charts for i believe every every ship in the game and you can compare them it's a really cool tool for any kind of physics or math nerds why don't you talk to us about uh, uh your you know what it took to create this well i mean so the back end for this is actually like uh i like the, i got like inspired by like posts from like i think there's a eu guy on reddit slash on the forums i like, call like fnordis who basically wrote a bunch who like i think he was the person who came up with a lot of the curves that actually, like, people used to make pen curves on basically every single side. Like, I think I've looked at the code for, you know, even stuff like Wallace FT, the Mustang GHX one, like, you know, while it still lasted. Like, they basically, they pretty much all have, like, the same, like, uh, the, the modeling is basically, the code is pretty much identical. So basically, you know, like, I started off basically trying to copy that and just, like, playing with it and then you know I just kept iterating and just ended up writing at least better better versions and uh relatively recently I kind of figured out like that you know how do I like actually make a make something that's like publicly viewable and I just like decided to just make a website out of it and, yeah uh, it's like so this is this is actually more than just data mining this is a pretty uh nifty uh web app web development project as well did, did you come to this for a background with from a background on this or uh was this maybe your first major uh web development project because it is this it is, is pretty slick this is actually this is pretty much like the first proper website it actually made to be completely honest well uh, that's it's quite remarkable it's a little bit more than your you know uh, hello world HTML. Uh, you're, I think, what is this JavaScripts you've got running, or yeah, I mean, you just are you self-taught in this? Yeah, I mean, technically this is TypeScript, but it's basically the same thing. Like, just, you have a lot more like um, typing abstractions on top of it, but that's another, that's another matter. But, so yeah, if somebody was curious in finding out how to you know make use of this, how how would you advise them to go about using your site? Is it just for curiosity, or do you think it's got more? Uh, practical applications that people can uh, can investigate. I mean, uh, for stuff like the angle charts and stuff, like um, I mean, also like I kind of need to write the docs for this a bit more because it's a bit like some of the I, I'm aware that like, some of the naming and whatnot is a bit like esoteric. But um, I kind of just like this could theoretically like be used to like figure out which ships actually are, like you know on like the subject earlier subject like Smolensk and whatnot like. Um, at like tier 10 and stuff, like a bunch of ships, like because of, you know, against Atlantis and stuff, like everything has like, I don't know, 406s and stuff. 
But like at tier 10s, you have all these like 18-inch guns, which don't really fuse on 70 millimeter armor, and it would just go right through it. And even then, uh, at tier 10, guns tend to have like higher, you know, muzzle velocity, performance, and whatnot. So you can actually have a much higher tendency to overpen. Mm-hmm. So you can theoretically use the overpen stuff to figure out whether like which ships to pick to actually like maybe even like, you know, if you needed to get rid of this ship, like, you know, is this going to work well? And also, and then like for the other like the angle charts, basically, I kind of felt like uh, just normal penetration curves. This doesn't really um, tell what people want to see because like, you know, cool, you know this like number, but it's like in the real game, it's like you have to be aware like what angle charts does is basically it tells you like at what angle like the enemy target is like relative to you like how much are angling to you like that you can do certain things like whether like your shells are actually fused on them or like whether you know you be able to penetrate right because you know and i've seen this happen all the time and i've quite a few clan battles where somebody told me that they were going to kill you know uh, another ship uh because they had say a stalingrad or they were shooting a stalingrad at say montana that I'm going to kill this Montana because they knew that the angle the Montana was at was not, you know, he wasn't angled enough to cause an auto bounce because of the Stalingrad's uh, improved uh, angle search shells. However, what he wasn't counting on is the effective armor because he wasn't angled enough to um, to auto bounce, but it was angled enough to significantly increase what the effective armor was enough such that the, pen, the uh, Stalingrad wouldn't be able to penetrate. So I think this your your chart here kind of breaks down. You know that this is it, it really gets complicated, especially with AP. HD is very relatively simple, but um, AP is uh, a whole world. It's like comparing basic arithmetic to calculus. It seems. Yeah, it's like in the in the back end there is actually a lot of like so like HD just literally just spit out the value of the penetration because it's actually show it just shows up in game files and the same thing with SAP as well. Whereas AP you have to go through like all these calculations like you know calculate trajectory, figure out the impact velocity, figure out impact angle, like deal with normalization and whatnot. Right. What, was it much of a puzzle for you when uh, I mean, SAP got added to the game? SAP basically has basically works the same way as HE, except you have like the auto bounce component on it as far as I'm aware. Yeah, but it's but there's no there's no effective armor calculation or uh, you don't get into things like Krupp's value or um, shell velocity or uh, the loss of penetration over uh, distance and anything like that. It's, it's basically HE with, you know, a very simple, I guess, angle cal- calculation involved. Yeah, so I think it's just pretty much HE with auto bounce check. Well, is there, um, I don't know, I think we covered your project pretty well. Is there anything you want to add about it before we uh, take a commercial break and come back and play a, a, some uh, sinker ship? Uh, I think you've covered it pretty well. Okay, very good. Bogsy? All right, Ooh, guys, this is so exciting. I'm, I'm perking right up. Um, okay, so I feel like a carnival barker right now because you all are smarter than me and I'm sitting here and I'm just fascinated and I feel like I need to start dangling keys in front of my own face. So uh, let's let's do this. Let's take a quick commercial break. Let's play Sink a Ship, where if uh, any of you have heard this before, we're going to ask each one of you to pick a specific ship, not a line of ship, not a class of ship, but one ship. You're going to delete it. You will go back. You will delete the keystrokes. It will never have existed. The FBI cannot find you, and the CIA is not watching. That ship will be gone. So we'll ask each one of you guys to do that when we come back uh, right after this break on Get to Know Our World of Warships Clan.
Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for sticking with us. We're here talking with Trackpad, also known as Just Dodge, Hangar 18, and 90. We're talking data mining. We're talking angles. We're talking fuse times. And we're going to make them sink a ship right now. So we're going to start with 90. You were very patient during the first segment. What is it going to be? Who are you sinking? Well, I mean, the obvious choice would just be to like delete a tier 10 CV or something. But like, um, uh, as I don't really play CVs, I'm first going to pick a surface ship instead. And the probably, he's probably just going to be the Smolensk or something because it's just like kind of ridiculous the kind of things they can do. The Smolensk? Well, what on earth would you find ridiculous about it? Please tell me. I don't know. I'm. I don't know. It definitely doesn't have like ridiculous HDPM having a smoke at tier ten and also being like you know hard to sit at all, <laughs> hard to really punish as a battleship. It like, really definitely doesn't have those things, does it? Yeah, definitely. Like, there's definitely, like, aren't cliffs of, like, you know, certain streamers just rage quitting <laughs> after just overpenning an entire battleship salvo on it or something. Fair enough. And quite frankly, you have taught me an enormous amount about why it is so difficult to sit at all that damn thing. So, um, thank you for that. We'll move on to Hangar. What's it going to be, sir? What are you thinking? Oh, we lost Hangar's voice. I can see you talking, Hangar, uh, but I can't Okay, hear. there we go. <laughs> there he is. So I used to play a lot of professional paintball, so I've yelled, get him out a lot. And for the ship, I'm going to say, get him out too. It's going to be Georgia. Get him out. Get him out. What? what? It's going to be Georgia. Why? Get him out. I could not think of too many more idiot proof ships. You do not need to really think about overmatch whatsoever. You have a ship that can go like, what, 38 knots with speed boost? It's ridiculously fast, especially at the tier. Um, it's basically a tier 10 ship, a tier 9 hiding there. It's absolutely ridiculous. It is a idiot's ship of choice. Um, now, Smolensk is annoying. Georgia is overbearingly strong to the point where, to some some ships, it's not like they're gonna have too much of a chance. Now, Hanger, you know that about the Georgia, and I know that about the Georgia, but no one on the face of the earth has ever acknowledged that about the Georgia, and you're gonna ruin it for us. What are you thinking? Um, I'm thinking that I had to choose between Georgia and Thunder. <laughs> you know, don't don't fight the bias. Just don't fight the bias. Just uh, take you take your high tier U.S. and premium battleships. You know, you take your Georgia, you take your Ohio. You know, and then after that, you know, Thunder. That's that's another option. But yeah, Georgia's at the top of the list just because uh, at the tier it's so much stronger uh, than Thunder. I would say. That's um, amazing. It, that's it, a first. It's just. Just because of the speed, the armor is decently good, um, shattering some stuff on the, the midsection. And then the guns are just, it's absolutely ridiculous. Remember when 457s used to be balanced by having terrible accuracy? Yes. Like, <laughs> that went out the door, like, okay, let's give them the large cruiser dispersion curve and let's stick it on a really good hull as well. Hey, man, the Georgia is my press play to win chip, so uh, you keep your filthy, grubby fingers off of it. Trackpad, what's it going to be, my man, last but not least? I think I'd probably go with the Graf Zeppelin because, um, well, this is a little bit while ago, but in the RTS era, Graf Zeppelin was, it didn't get off to a great start, right? And what ended up happening was the people who bought it got to balance it, and of course, needless to say, that that didn't go so well. And of course, now that after you know the rework happened, Graf Zeppelin has you know been put into a much less controversial place. I still think it's 
just honestly just a ridiculous CV. Um, I don't know why it gets really good secondaries. And honestly, whenever I play it, I just feel really filthy. Um, it's just too easy to play, so to speak, because um, the third squad, uh, which is Dive Bombers, uh, they're so bad that you only have to really concentrate on using two squads. It's just incredibly easy to use because Torps work on everything, and the Rockets, they're slow enough to just slow down, spot the DD, and then still strike it. A reactionary strike, so to speak. Wow. This is uh, Georgia and the Graf Zeppelin. I'm shocked. But uh, thank you, <laughs> gentlemen. Thank you all very much for indulging me in my childish antics by sinking some ships. Um, for this next uh, section here, I think um, I'm sure Synpax has a few more questions uh, for you. I want to just start it off, if I can, before I throw it back at him. And I want to talk about how, um, essentially, how fellas like the three of you can take these really, I would say, really extraordinary um, means of gathering data and parsing data and making use of it. I kind of want to know how you how you went about deciding what was the best way to make use of it, which was the best way of distributing it, and what was the best medium, um, you know, for for sharing it and and any challenges you came up with that. So, um, Hanger, I'm going to just go ahead and start with you. And um, when you when you sort of came upon all this information, what was your initial thought? about how best you could make use of or share it and how did you come to your final conclusion and your final you know your final method of distributing it well at first it was just like me collecting various mechanics so that you know i could look at like little pet projects like before alaska was released to see like how much shells uh, her shells were going to damage things but after a while i just started kind of collecting this information over time and there's so much stuff going on in the game that it's honestly impossible to keep up with on your own. So I just kind of decided, hey, if you're a wiki editor or anything like that, you know, you can use my sheets and you can update them if you want to. Um, so I know at least a couple of them use it. But basically, a lot a lot of it is crowdsourced. Um, you're just going to have to accept that there's people out in the world that are smarter than you. And you should just listen to those people and take their advice so you don't have to go through any of the hoops that they did. And, you know, just run it in you don't you don't have to throw it on the goal line like just run it in <laughs> all right just right crowdsource all right very good and uh 90 how about you uh the same question applies to you which is how did you um i suppose i'm forgetting the specifics of my own question now i'm a, I'm a terrible interviewer um how exactly is it that you decided on how to put together and then how to present the information that that you started to accumulate I mean, it's mainly, it's it's not really like the most original idea, but it's like, you know, a lot of, there there was already like several sites out there that like kind of uh, did a lot of this, like, um, like penetration and whatnot. And I just kind of like decided to just kind of do it, but just like do a lot more with it. Sure. I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. Trackpad, how about you? Uh, for me, really, Discord was quite an easy choice to distribute what I wanted to work on. And I I didn't really know what I want to work on when I decided what my medium would be. And while well, Discord bots, I had gotten exposure to them. And I figured it wouldn't be too difficult. And of course, as I've discussed earlier, the graphics part wouldn't be as much as of an issue for me. I see. OK. Well, gentlemen, thank you for that. Uh, I appreciate you translating some of that into a way that 
a simpleton like myself can understand. So I'll go ahead and throw the ball back to Synpax and uh, let him carry on. Sure. So, you know, um, many gaming companies look at people with your interests uh, with skepticism, sometimes with fear, sometimes uh, with letters from attorneys. Um, but based on everything you said, it seems like wargaming is not only tolerant, but in, in many ways facilitating um, the uh, ecosystem of resources around the game created by third parties that uh, that you guys are creating. Uh, you know, we could put you in a category with a, a lot of other folks um, who have made these third party contributions from the folks who run like WoW stats websites, to people like uh, Jetfox and uh, 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 some of the folks who've done a lot of work with the API or with hidden APIs or not, hidden, not so hidden APIs, um, the many mod makers, people like Aslane, all the people who create mods within there, this big, you know, ecosystem. So I just wanted to know if any of you have any, you know, what is your guys in terms of being a mod relationship with Wargaming? And, and do you have any other companies, games where, you know, you've maybe attempted this? Um, but maybe got a different reaction. So do you have, does anybody, do any of you want to speak on that? Or not? Uh, <laughs> Let me ask this, Trackpad, uh, have, have you talked to Wargaming? Have they communicated with you before about your project? Or have you, you know, uh, had any connection with them? Any conversation? Um, specifically to the project? No, not really, because I haven't really made an effort to uh, share the project with a lot of people because I really want to make sure, you know, it's incredibly stable. There's not going to be issues before I release it. And, you know, with quarantine, uh, I have been able to, you know, flesh out the bot much more and, you know, it's pretty much bug free now. But of course, I never want to say you know, it is bug free, right? You know, I can't guarantee that. I just say, I haven't found any bugs, right? Um, and uh, learning from my mother, who's a QA engineer, um, I have gotten experience with, you know, fixing it up a little bit. Very good. Um, are any of you other guys, I, especially those of you who have projects, both uh, Hangar and 90, your, your projects are fairly public. Have either of you had any communication with Wargaming, uh, favorable or otherwise? Um, I haven't had direct communication, but I have seen results uh, as a, kind of an end to a one-sided conversation. Um, with the Alaska Citadel, that was something that I spent uh, days on, gathering blueprints to look at the Citadel for Alaska because I was looking at the model so much. And some of the stuff didn't exactly line up, and I was trying to figure out what was going on, and that's when I discovered the Citadel was about three feet or something like that too low. So many people probably remember Alaska Citadel used to be just an absolute submarine. Um, but then after I started publishing some of the blueprints and showing the discrepancy um, with the help of the community, they really spread it on the forums and Reddit. Um, very soon after that, we got patch notes that said, hey, after community feedback, uh, we've discovered that we've made an error in the model. So we've raised the Citadel instead of changing the saturation mechanics for the ship. So I think that's somewhat of an interaction with Wargaming. Otherwise, it's kind of just uh, limited to test stuff. 
Well, I would say that certainly counts. Um, are either of you, or any of you involved with any like either the privateer program or super testing for uh, wargaming? Um, or if you're able to disclose that. Yeah, I'm in privateers uh, for actually two different reasons, and also MST. And what? Well, are you able to share those reasons? Uh, one is wiki editor, and the other is Reddit mod. Okay, cool, cool. Um, anybody else have any interactions with wargaming? Um, it, you know, related to their projects. It seems like you know, honestly, I, I, have any of you guys taken a look at the um, uh, employment page on uh, wargaming or Lesta's website? Because it sounds like if you guys uh, were interested in working for the company, you've got a tremendous body of work that you can point to that uh, maybe gives you a, a leg up over you know the generic programmer who may be applying for these jobs. Any interest here in working for wargaming? Uh, I actually did look into it. Um... But their office is in Texas somewhere, um, and that's a long way away from the sunny, not good beaches of Virginia. <laughs> so, wow. uh, like, like it, it would be something I like I'd be interested in, but like it's just too far away, obviously for me. I think they have an office up in Maryland somewhere, and be. Oh, we lost you there again, Hanger. Oh no. That's well, okay. Yeah, well, you know, maybe someday this uh, war game will give one of you guys a knock on the door because the the work and the understanding, you know, not without not to upset anybody at war gaming who may be listening, but it seems like sometimes you guys have a better grasp of what's going on with their game than they do. Um, <laughs> it's a there's you know, I'm, I'm only half joking. Um, Bugs, do you have anything left? Um... In terms of questions for these fine gentlemen, no. I think I think I've sort of exhausted um, the the meager, you know, the meager amount that I can contribute. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else you'd like to ask them? Um, no, not in particular. But um, maybe we could ask. I know. Well, let's let's first of all, we do have some. Uh, we spoke to Trackpad before, and we had a rather unusual um, discovery. Trackpad, do you know want to tell us why your nickname is Trackpad? Oh, yeah, because uh, I use a trackpad, and um, I've never actually had a PC. Uh, growing up, my parents actually didn't really want me to play video games, so they just gave me a laptop. And, of course, um, that greatly did hinder my aim and whatnot in the games I did play. And eventually, like, my name used to be something else, but eventually I decided ah, I might as well change it to trackpad. So stop me if I'm wrong, because I'm really glad Synpax remembered this. Maybe if I was less tired, I would have remembered this myself. But uh, you are also known as Just Dodge. You are one of the CV mains, if not the CV main, for a Hurricane Clan Peds, which means that you have repeatedly helped carry, like, on your shoulders, like the Mighty Atlas, a Hurricane Clan into Hurricane using a mouse pad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, actually, um, you know, my laptop, which is a MacBook, is not powerful enough to um, play World of Warships by itself, right? So um, before, I kind of just stuck it, right? And I would be on like 20 frames per second, and it wasn't enjoyable. But recently, the rise of cloud gaming as a service, uh, as a practical service, I've uh, started using this. I, at first, I was using GeForce Now. 
but after that released uh, it was no longer beta um i couldn't you know just pay for the service because um my parents wouldn't be too happy about it so i was really limited because they they said to the founders you know you get this one hour sort of slot right that you can do it for free and afterwards uh gotta launch it again and that way they could you know still respect the original people who tested it but so obviously they got to make money um but eventually i did um i was able to convince my parents you know um because i now am in my senior uh year of high school starting college next year um that you know i i i got time now right like i i did well in high school i'll be fine right so this summer um i did get the cloud service solution called shadow and you know that worked that worked great but um when quarantine started you know i i'm guessing right now that their business model uh for shadow uh was like we're going to market this high end um pc solution to people who want to have a powerful pc but they don't want to actually buy it cuz they're not going to use it that often you know they work a lot of the time so they want to have it available but not use it as often so when quarantine started and suddenly a lot of people are home more and i'm guessing the servers weren't too ready for that so what would happen a lot during you know my sessions is i would just hard crash out uh the stream would stop working and unfortunately uh this did happen during clan wars quite frequently um if i had to give it an estimate i would say about two crashes um every battle um every battle I would say yeah and it would last about 5 seconds or so because like as soon as i disconnected um i would just mash the reconnect key so um yeah sometimes it was worse 30 seconds um to a minute and obviously um just a cloud service wasn't the only place for issues to like you know pop up um my macbook air is not powerful so uh sometimes it would just straight crash the entire thing the whole computer so i'd take 2 minutes to just open my computer again well, right even when it was working how much latency does that that service add surprisingly very little i don't know how they've done it but it's low if i'm connected to my 5 gigahertz uh connection to my router i would say latency is about 50 well, my internet is pretty good that's not bad it's pretty damn good mm-hmm. yeah um i i guess is it you know just a risk of taking another shot in the dark with all the projects you guys are working on now what you've done and moving forward is there anything um any if you want to add that you think we missed that you you think our listeners would be interested in hearing um a little tidbit i didn't have a chance to mention earlier when you guys were asking about like uh something that might surprise most viewers um i don't know how to pronounce this but the two ships uh boise and nueve de julio they're very similar um yeah, de julio. You, you could probably say they're you know, almost ca- carbon copies right well the thing is each ship has sort of a name to it in the files right that is not actually the name you see because of course there's different localizations right um the name's not going to be the same in english or spanish so it's you right uh for boise and that kind of thing so um the name for boise in the game files is actually PASC597_ underscore 
Nueve de Julio, 1951. It's one of the ships that they were so lazy copying that they did not even change the name. Wow. Well, they're, they're basically, um, they're the same ship. It's just a slightly different name. And you know, I, I was actually really enjoy those two ships. And you got one for free if you bought the boys. You could play, like, if you played enough battles, they give you Nueve de Julio for free. So I, I gave one more of, like, a gunship build the other, or something like that, the other one more of a AA build. But uh, that is fascinating to know that they, is it laziness or inefficiency, or, or tremendous deficiency? Who could say, really, right? <laughs> Um, but I think well, been... sorry, go ahead. Well, with mo most copy ships, they at least changed the name on it, but this one they didn't. They only changed the index, right, which is where it's stored, because otherwise um, you'd have serious problems. But yeah, I don't know why for this one they forgot to change the name. So uh, the other thing I'm aware of, though, is that in these data files that you mine, that come down, you probably just, you're probably mining right now or have already mined the latest update. Um, they put a lot of assets out there that they, you know, are not intended for access right now, are not intended to be in the game, but for some reason they're just there because uh, they're working on something in the future, right? So there's probably models for uh, ships that are in development or things like that. Did Have any of you discovered anything that, you know, that might tip uh, Wargaming's hand in those files lately about what's coming to the game? That I haven't may not be aware ran... Of? I haven't ran through the files yet. I've created a tool that will, like, you know, compare the last version uh, of GameParams, a file that contains most of the uh, interesting information, uh, to you know this update. Right? I haven't compared them yet, but I have heard that they are finally getting around to working on replays. This was something I think they hinted in one of their Q and A's a while a uh, while ago that they're going to fix that stuff up. And namely, I do believe this is already public. Uh, they're fixing the rewind feature in replay so that no no longer just crashes your game. Oh, well, that would be nice because you know the the, the replay system for anybody that's you know tried to use it is uh, it, it's like it came out of the alpha version. It's so unrefined, so unintuitive, um, and very limited in features. So, and and anybody that's played say the naval version of War Thunder, comparing the two of them, um, it's. Uh, it's it's a, an astounding difference in the quality of what you're able to perceive from a replay. Um, so unless any of you guys have anything else, I'll move us into plugs. Um, so down below, we will have a link to the uh, invite for trackpads. Let's just say the invite to the Discord. So we're, we're just having people spam um, the uh, bot invite link. Um, we're going to have uh, hangers uh, uh, spreadsheet. Uh, link get down below the public, um, basically a library of resources and uh, formulas and charts, along with the World of Warships ballistic site from 90. We're also going to have, as always, the uh, link to uh, Bogsy's Twitch stream. I encourage you to follow it. It's, it's a pretty, pretty entertaining, pretty good stream of uh, a guy trying to get good at World of Warships. <laughs> um, he's getting there. He's getting there. Uh, be patient. One painful um, day at a time. Yeah, um, the North American Clan Embassy, uh, as well as our mailbox, uh, which is the new guys wows at Gmail, and I think uh, we're we're gonna. I kind of like releasing my inner DJ here. I don't think DJs even exist anymore, uh, but we're gonna uh, we're gonna play you guys out with um, 
a remix, uh, an EDM-style remix of Billie Eilish's Ocean Eyes. Bogsy, you want to take us home? Yes, absolutely. And uh, I'm glad that, Simpax, you uh, are going to keep doing that because I think it's a fun way for anybody who uh, listens to sort of close out the show uh, in, in that way. And uh, I don't know if you guys have been noticing while you've, if you've been listening to our, our cast now, this is number 36. Um, one of the things that Synpax sort of brought to my attention not too long ago was that this is our podcast, so we can do whatever the hell we want. Um, and in that, we've sort of started to do things like bring on specific people to talk about specific topics, even if it didn't fall under directly, uh, you know, getting to know a clan, so to speak. We feel like we're also trying to get to know even further subgroups uh, in the game when it comes to things like data mining or just the CV mains or what have you. Um, I'm so glad that we did because having the three of you on has been more fascinating than I could have possibly uh, imagined. And I want to thank uh, specifically Trackpad, Hanger, and 90 for coming on and, and making you know data collection and intelligence very, very interesting and entertaining. So um, you three, we will always keep you in mind if we ever want to have you know, a specific talk about data in the future, we will absolutely keep you guys in mind. Um, so with that in mind, all those links like Synpax mentioned will be down on the bottom. Uh, we appreciate you all listening. Please give us a follow or a subscribe, depending on whatever service you use. And keep coming back. We like making these for you. Take care.
for some time Can't stop staring at those ocean eyes 